This is Lori Koppelman. Thank you for joining us for the seventh episode of the Clutter Chronicles podcast, One Woman's Journey Through Stuff. Last time, Mary had an epiphany and realized that the clothing she owned was not who she was, that it did not validate her existence. This was big friends. In today's conversation, Mary tells us about going into therapy and getting zapped by a power greater than herself. It's Lori. Mary and I are back in my dining room. We're going to keep our conversation going. Confessions of a recovering hoarder. Hi, Mary. Hello. (laughs) So, um, we've been talking a lot about your journey and what's been helpful to you. And you recently had an epiphany that we talked about. We're celebrating. Um, I wanted to ask you about going into therapy. You've mentioned a therapist. You've Mm -hmm. mentioned that it's been really helpful to you. And again, this is personal, Mm -hmm. and so if I cross the line, you just tell me. Um, Did you decide to go into therapy because of your hoarding tendencies? Did you not, and it's come out in the course of that, that that's what was happening? Uh, I mean, that was what was bothering you. I'm not sure how to phrase this question well. Um, Why did you go into therapy, Mary? There we go. Well, it's kind of interesting because um, I have I have seen counselors or therapists, and they've intrigued me for a long time because I I went to school to become a counselor, so of course it was always my interest. Oh, okay. And I always knew that it would be good for me to talk to someone. Um, in the past, uh, it would only take me one or two sessions for me to basically decide, hmm, that person can't handle what I need to tell them. Oh, so really? yeah, there were a lot of a lot of people that um, probably, if they had no clue that I was a hoarder, was I mean, I wasn't I wasn't ready to talk about it then. So they, it, that would be when it would have been revealed in a session. So what happened is I, um, I couldn't handle it anymore, and I went to a therapist specifically for the hoarding. And maybe the OCD was what we were focusing on, and he was very helpful. And this is before I got married. Um, a side note is my my husband. I think he never really said it straight out, but he was kind of waiting for me to uh, get rid of my stuff before we got married. Mm. And I joke that he married me anyway. <laughs> this <laughs> poor <did>. guy <laughs> gave up and married me anyway. So um, I made these efforts. And I would go, and we'd talk about it. And um, at that time, um, we agreed to call everything I had product. We were trying to keep it positive. And it seemed logical that I had this much stuff because I had recently closed the store. But I wasn't really delving into the real nitty-gritty of it. And then, fast forward to 2014, I... I had to empty my dad's house, which is what I grew up in. So he'd been in there 45 years of all our family mm. stuff. It's a long time. Yeah. And you said everyone kind of had a tendency to, to cut a be hole. a pack rack. Well, when we had relatives that didn't have kids, so then they were pack rats and they kept stuff and they handed it to us. So we had 
multiple generations of stuff. It was kind of like this is where everything came. And it doesn't mean other family members didn't have stuff that was given to them when they died. It's just that we had gotten that grouping, and we don't know what to do with it. And, of course, we delight in some of it. It's not all bad stuff, but um, anxiety skyrocketed. I, I was just like... What I learned in my sessions is that when you are high anxiety, you cannot make decisions. And that's exactly what I was in the midst of. I was incapable of making little decisions, let alone big ones. And I was able to focus on my dad's house to sell it because I had ground zero to bring all the stuff to. It all ended up in my garage. So here the garage was just starting to look better. I was starting to get rid of my stuff. And then... I, with my inability to make a decision at the time while we're packing, it all by default came to my house. And the garage was so full by the time, I'd say May, that this is a two-stall garage. I don't know. It's pretty, it wasn't huge, but it's, it's a big garage. I would open up the garage door, and in order to do anything... You have to pull stuff out. You cannot freely walk. There's no paths. There's no space. It is packed like sardines in there. And so there's that embarrassment of the neighbors seeing me. There's embarrassment of my husband knowing that I'm open in the garage and I'm embarrassing him. There's all these things that are coming at you while you're trying to do the right thing. And on top of it, I have the grieving of having to go through stuff of my mom's. Um, I'm sad that my dad had to move, move the house. Um, my my husband said at one point, you know, one s- difficult thing on you is that your parents lived in the same house for 45 years. That added to your inability to let go. He, he's very right on mm-hmm. that. And so um, it it was like I was back to square one here. Here I'd made all this progress, and, and now I'm, I'm stuck. So... Um, I kept hearing on this radio station I listened to about this therapist. And I had written her name down in February and would lose the notes. (laughs) And I'd rewrite her name and I'd lose the notes. And I'd be driving and I'd be like, oh, can you remember the name? And finally, um, I think it was September of 2014, around then, I uh, called and got in. And she's the first person who I've ever gotten this far with and it's because I mean it sounds really uh, strange but one of the first things she asked me for was who are my favorite saints and who's died who could be praying for me Hmm. so that's what we started with and I and of course mom she's right there helping me Hmm. she got you pegged right away I know (laughs) Exactly. But what's interesting is I I came to her and I I was pretty feisty. And I said, listen, I have suffered from depression all my life. ADD all my life. I don't care. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about why am I stuck. I want to get rid of stuff and I can't get rid of it. What is holding me back? And that has been her approach. She has just been diving in to what is a barrier what is what is it that i'm fighting with each decision 
and each um, each step. And one of the things I learned from her is that if you think of like a um, bell curve, so there's the bottom, the top, and then the bottom. Mm-hmm. And anyone who has any kind of um, compulsion or you know alcoholism or anything that they're um, turning to too much. What happens is like it's, you're going along on the bottom, everything's fine, something bad happens, you have to go way up at the top of that bell curve and then somehow make it to the other side and know you're okay. And what she said is things that I was OCDing about, like picking up trash on the side of the road, um, those are shortcuts out of that bell curve. Like it's like I don't want to. I don't want to get to the top. I don't know what's up there, and I don't. I've never made it to the top, and then on the other side to find out I'm okay. And so it's like I would take these shortcuts, and that's what alcoholism is. That's what shopping is. It's what any kind of compulsion is. Is to avoid the inevitable. Mm. But what happens when you're trying to avoid that huge pain, the the t- you know the top of the pain is you also don't learn from it properly and you don't survive it and then you don't go through it. So what what we've worked on is past pains and then have kind of gone through it. So even though it's something that happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever, it still has effect on you. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you're replacing your memory, like you're utilizing what you know now versus what you knew when you were 10. Oh, right. And it, it, it doesn't have room for both. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's, it's been quite a transformation, and it is definitely an onion peel. So there's been real awareness um, about the changes in me that I wasn't even anticipating, like a, a good example is that if I need to meet her at early in the morning, there's that anxiety of the the drive, um, the traffic, being late, um, what if it rains, all these things. And those things used to be enough for me to just collapse. I'd be like, I don't want to even go. But I'd somehow go. But to get me from my house to that appointment was excruciating. Mm-hmm. I, by the time I got there, I would be all rattled. And this summer... Um, it turned out where I could meet her at 7.30 in the morning. That's pretty early. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to leave my house by 6.30 with no problem. It's been so strange. Mm-hmm. And that's after I've taken my dog for a walk. <laughs> yeah. So there's these barriers that... It's not that I'm, oh, here's a barrier and I need to get through it. They're gone. Wow. <laughs> so I don't even need to... So anyway, that's like a... A side, you know, like a, what do you call it? Like a door prize? (laughs) Party favor? (laughs) Party favor. For the work that I've been doing Uh on the hard stuff. Uh And it really has... It's reverberating out and out and out in your life. That's a good good way to say it. Yeah. So therapy has been instrumental in your process. Absolutely. Yeah. I wonder... And you're talking about yourself, mm-hmm. of course. 
Um, do you ever think about other hoarders and helping them? I mean, that's part of what we're trying to do with this is share your story in, in right. hopes that it will be helpful to others. Yeah. Would that be your advice to other people? Oh, absolutely. I'll be that advice for anyone. Mm-hmm. Because it just helps you to see what it is. It's, 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 it shines the light on things that you'll never see on your own. I mean, it's it. We we sometimes can do that for each other as friends, but sometimes it's a little too much to ask. Mm-hmm. Like it's a little too heavy, and uh, it's. I mean, I don't know. I I can't imagine making any of this progress without someone with me on the on the journey in this way. And it sounds like you needed to work yourself through several people. Right. That that yes. was part of it. Right. That and you have you to give yourself permission for that. Right. That there might be someone that you don't click with. Right. And you know what? When I went to the guy right before her, I was not ready either. So Right. You Could just have never know. Right person yep. wrong time for you. Yep. How did you know you were you you were ready? Have you this, said this? Well, and I'm. I think I was so desperate. You had gotten yes. to the proverbial bottom. Yep. I when I went to her, I um, I was see. I would say when I went to him, I just said I had a hoarding problem. I don't know what to do. And we we kind of looked at, um, you know, the general stuff you'd look at. But when I went to her, I said I don't want to waste time on ADD and and all this. Stuff I think is unrelated. Yes, I have these problems, but I I really almost feel like the hoarding's causing those. It's just really strange. Mm. So it's it's a it's you do get to a point where you're chicken and egg and you don't know what's right. what. Right. So I think it. Well, keep in mind that when I had these. Realizations. This is after I got zapped by the Holy Spirit, so it probably had nothing to do with any of my thoughts. <laughs> I just needed to to um, respond. Right. Do you want to say any more about being zapped by the Holy Spirit? It's or... a, it's a tough one because it's a long story. Uh huh. Um, but in a nutshell, um. Uh, I should I should say I'm, I'm a Catholic, and I've always been one. But I call myself an awkward Catholic. I never quite understood what everything was that was being taught to us, or what it meant, or why. And um, my niece uh, asked me to be her confirmation sponsor, and I thought, oh. <laughs> um, I better get my act together, <laughs> and so you need to be worthy. Yes, be worthy, and um, of course, this is this is when I'm, you know, still struggling. Not, I mean, I thought I was making some progress with my stuff, but I'm still spinning my wheels, and and um, I don't know what came over me, but one day I just decided to go and get this journal, and I wrote in the journal, I want to do something different. I mean, I don't remember the wording of what I wrote, but it was kind of like, okay, God, I give up. I, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but something's got to change. And uh, 
and I was focusing on my stuff with the idea of I need to shape up for her. So, you know, of course, my stuff didn't matter for confirmation, but I kind of sensed that the two were related. And um, I kind of think I gave an opening where I opened my heart a little, and uh, the Archdiocese was giving out these free books, uh, Rediscover Catholicism, and I don't read. I'm too ADD to read, but I grabbed them. I grabbed a book, and I remember thinking... Who gives out free books? You know, here's the hoarder that. (laughs) (laughs) So you know what I'm saying. (laughs) It spoke to me. (laughs) Must be really important. Exactly. Willing to give it away. Exactly. That had an impact on me, and I was just kind of curious what was going on and I used to be really involved in in church when I was younger and it kind of had a a a memory from that and um then they started having these these talks and uh I decided to go because I wanted to see what the archdiocese was up to I was like what are they doing they're giving free books you know who are these people and so I went to this first talk and uh I was just blown away by how many people had come to this church and I walked in and I ran into a friend of mine I hadn't seen in 10 years and we picked up where we left off and she says Mary come sit with me and turned out if it weren't for her I would have been in the spare room with the you know the tv oh so I got to be up at the front and um that is a big crowd it's a big crowd and um I remember thinking look at all these people I didn't even know there was this many people in in our archdiocese, let alone this church, and what is going on? And and the priest came out, and he's one of my favorite priests, and he spoke, and I just had chills, and I was just like so excited about the next talk, and I can't remember if it was a week away or a month away or two weeks away. So we decided we would be back the next talk, and I come to the next talk, and I'm all excited because I know who the priest is, and. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, all these people get to hear these great priests. You know, they get to hear my favorite priests. And and I'm just looking at all these people who need to hear what he has to say. And um, I'm taking notes and I'm listening. And he starts to talk about um, how uh, the world began. And about creation from the beginning to now. And he talks about that um, there's this spiritual um, battle that's been going on since time began and that when you go and get baptized the Lord is crossing on your forehead, I'm doing this cross on my forehead, you're mine and when he said that I got zapped by the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit it was the most powerful, I was shaking and I was looking at my friend, and I was like, what just happened here? And it was like everything that I had learned about God, about Jesus, about everything, made sense. So it was like, I mean, I was like, who am I? <laughs> what is going on, and what do I do? And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking... Um, uh, what, what, 
what's the next step and now what do I do? And they said, um, after the talk, you know, the guy, the author of Rediscover Catholicism, those books you got, he's on relevant radio at this time and you should tune in and you should listen to him. And so I was like, I'm not listening to relevant radio. I have nothing to do with that, but maybe I could handle one hour. So I started sneaking one hour here and there to listen to Matthew Kelly, who's this fantastic speaker. And then I started saying to myself, you know, my friend has these um, inspirational CDs, and I wonder if they ever have inspirational CDs about God. You know, duh. Yes, they do. And I went to, like, the third talk. They had four of them all together. And they said, oh, and by the way, we have some free free CDs in the back that you can pick up. It was like they're reading my mind. It was Mm. so bizarre. So I just started listening. And I'd say Matthew Kelly, uh, what what he does is he, he really helps you understand your purpose in life. And that you're here for a reason. And that God wants you to become the best version of yourself. And it just resonated with everything that I was going through. Mm-hmm. And it's about um, reading good books, about um, being aware of your community, about um, reaching out to others. I mean, this whole thing, and it's just a different focus than stuff, 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 mm-hmm. stuff. And um, it was the, it, it opened a world to me that I just had been... Um, running from my whole life mm. <laughs> in a big way yeah running from and it opened right. up right both right in a big way i don't think i've ever talked to anyone who's been zapped by the holy spirit yeah. in a in a moment that you can i can remember pinpoint. and define yeah, yeah pinpoint and what's really interesting is there's recordings from those talks so i can hear that talk oh. and replay it oh. and i have notes <laughs> <laughs> That is really incredible. Yeah. yeah. So that zap opened you up to wanting to go to therapy. Yep. And take a look at this seriously for the first Cause time. Because obviously being where I was, there's a point here I want to make. I don't want to forget this. But being where I was, I was not being the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. And um, what's interesting is there is a part of me that wanted to be a better wife to my husband, a better daughter to my dad, um, a better prayer, you know, all these things. And there was part of me that thought, well, when my house is clean, then I can do that. Mm. When's that going to happen? And the irony is it's not until I let everybody in, number one God, for me to... Make any change? I mean, it's it's like I I had it all wrong. I had it all backwards, and and in actuality, God doesn't even care that I'm a hoarder. <laughs> it weren't getting in your way, right? right? And it wasn't getting in my way. Obviously, He wants me free, but um, I had I had my goals misguided, and I it was pretty radical to. To let people in while I'm in the midst of being in disarray. I wanted to be in order. 
Mm-hmm. And then, then they can love me. Or then I can love them. Then I'm lovable. Then I'm lovable. And, and the, the reality is, you start right now. You're lovable. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's great. <laughs> it's a great story. It's a, it's a great truth. It's not a story. Yeah, I mean, it's a story, right, but right. it's the truth for you of yeah. what has been really, really important in this. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great place for us to end today. Good. We'll keep talking. Okay. Thank you. Yep. And that ends today's Chronicle. Wow. You are lovable. What a significant message. Many of us struggle with feelings of unworthiness and the effects show up in different ways. We so appreciate you being here with us, supporting our show and spreading the word. We love hearing from you, so send us your comments or questions on Twitter at ClutterCron or on our Patreon site. What happens next in Mary's complicated relationship with stuff? Tune in again for another episode of Clutter Chronicles. Clutter Chronicles.